0: Hi hey there and welcome to the latest edition of the Gersnet weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and with the content is free. It is episode 184 uh, of the weekly podcast and the first of the new season of the 22-23 season. Uh, we've had an extended break this summer. Uh, but we're back now to give you the same content. It's always always free, always independent, all that kind of stuff, guys. As I've said to you before, uh, it's not just the pod that we do here at ChairsNet, Get yourself onto the website, articles, forums, all that kind of a thing. There's a history archive on the website as well. Uh, so get yourself on there. Uh, if, if, you know, if you're new to the pod, or, or if you're not new to the pod, we you to promote it, get the word out there on social media, eh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, please, if you can. Eh, before I go on, I should point out I have a bit of an issue with my mouth tonight. I have a mouth ulcer and it is agony and it is affecting how I speak. So if I sound a bit. Uh, as if, I don't know, as if I've had a stroke or something like that That's the reason why, uh, or if I've been at the dentist or something It is, it is quite sore, so uh, if I'm slurring my words, that's fine Okay, uh, so first week back, uh, I've got Dougie and David here uh, Dougie, how was your summer?
1: Good summer um, Yeah, good, good, good to have time with the family I was going to say good weather, but we've, we've had that kind of really muggy week Other than that, it's been pretty wet and miserable here but managed to get away with the family for two weeks over in Spain so um, aye good summer ready to, to get back into football again I've missed it
0: What about yourself David did you get away anywhere? What
1: are you
2: doing, Colin? no I've not been away to really, really get away yet I've got passport issues and um, so hopefully, then
0: they'll a- let you the country. Is that what it is?
2: have <laughs> 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 got nah, passport application issues, so I'll be hopefully. In the school, so.
0: Are you joining us live from Dover tonight? Is that are you stuck in that seven hour queue? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> don't wish you any ill any on those poor people. That's no, no, I know, I know. state affairs, it? Uh, it's pretty grim,
0: uh, and I think Eck had similar issues with his passport uh, when he was trying to get to Seville. Uh, it's it's funny you talk about the weather there. I uh, need to mention my mate Scott, who we just argue all the time, right, about climate change, right? He's a climate change denier; he, does, he doesn't think it's a thing. And uh, we were arguing about it today again, or having a couple of pints in, the, in our local, and he's sitting there. Sweating like <laughs> the sweat is literally pouring off him. He's going no, no, there's no, there's no an issue with the weather at all. Like it's not too hot. It was as warm as us back in 1976. But Scott, look at you. You know what I mean? You've lost a bit three stone just saying that sentence. So uh, I am quite enjoying that and a, and a wee hello uh, to Scott before before I go into the, the agenda as well, guys. I think we should uh, have a wee mention of Andy Gorham who obviously passed away during during the break there when we were away. Uh, I'll come to you on on, on Andy. Uh, David because you're probably more of an age to remember him than, than, than Doogie uh, I mean loads of people have him down as the as best Rangers keeper of all time kind of hard to disagree with that he uh, certainly put in the best individual performance I've ever seen by a Rangers uh, goalkeeper that night in Leeds and, uh, I mean I know he had his issues off the field and all the rest of it but, uh, but as, a, as a keeper he'll, he'll
2: you know, go down as a legend of the club No indeed no it was a bit better- even though we were expecting it, you know, it was a bit of a kick to the stock to receive the news there a couple of Saturdays back that Andy passed away, but I concur. Totally with you, a Rangers legend. I bought a few days Rangers legend. And he's a a world-class goalkeeper. Um, no many world-class, genuine world-class players come out of Scotland or play in Scotland, so um, Andy's right up there, uh, Again, you see, you mentioned Leeds there, he made countless performances. When you think back to when he actually moved from Easter Road, one he's, of he's, well, his first games, he, 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 I can remember him. He didn't have a great game against Sparta Prague at Ibrox. I was there that night. That was he's my first got, European game, actually. Right, I, I was there that night, uh, and I remember him. He sold the jerseys. Uh, like Scott Gravett, Paint Castle. Gra- yeah. Castle. Yeah. Uh, looked you know, as if it was too much for him. And then he covered himself in glory. Keith Wright it's going for Hibs at Hampton, the yeah. Winkle semi, um, but my God, did he make up for it? And uh, I got a goalkeeper. And when you think of uh, Tommy Burns, um, he said he speaks speak one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in Europe, I think that speaks volumes. Well and if you're one of the best goalkeepers in Europe, that's going to make you one of the best goalkeepers in the world, isn't it? By default. So I said, Dave, for the inner support and support. Uh, I couldn't make it down to Ibrox and, you know, and the Monday for his to pass by, but I was there on spirit, and uh, I'm sure I speak for hundreds of thousands of Rangers supporters, and, and, the, and the sadness expressed with he's passing. Yeah, very sad, and it's you know he's the first of that
0: that '92 '93 team. It's also a wee bit of a, a reminder that we're all getting a bit older. You know what I mean? That that because that, that, that team doesn't seem that long ago, but ironically and incredibly, it's it's 30 years ago this summer we were, we were embarking on that that you know momentous campaign so yeah a wee reminder that we're all getting a wee bit older right moving on guys uh, like we, we we met up yesterday you know used to myself and Frankie to watch the Spurs game I have to say i never seen much of the game <laughs> <laughs> so much chat going on a bit of drinking going on uh, so I'm going to I'm going to put most of the, the football stuff towards you to, guys right because uh, overall, I can't really remember much about it, if I'm being honest, uh, other than the goal. So, uh, Dougie, I'll come to you first. Uh, general feeling looking at Twitter on that today. And, you know, what I do remember, what i seen yesterday was, you know, first half, pretty good. Second half, Spurs sort of came into a wee bit more. But what was your feeling uh, on the sort of general performance?
1: Aye, cheers for handing that bomb scare <laughs> to me there after several <laughs> pints that I watched a game of football. Yeah. Um, Personally, I you know, I'm the same. I've watched the, the reaction on Twitter today, and I think a lot of Rangers fans need to remember that we were up against proper world-class footballers, a very good team and a well-organized team led by a, a top manager. A lot of people I know are going to go to players who have impressed and didn't impress yesterday, but a lot of people are, are, are making snap decisions and judgments on one performance against a very good team. Um Again, from what I saw of it, I I agree with your summary. I think first half, we we played well. Second half, we we didn't play as well. Um, There were some moments during the game um, that were good, not so good. The the, the highlight for me was the fact that Cholak scored. Um, I'm delighted that he got his goal because for two reasons. One, some people were writing him off um, before the game and even after the game, critical of, of, of Cholak. Already, you know, he's a new player. He's just joined. He's he's adjusting to a new team, a new style, a new a new country, um, new teammates. Everything that that that's very difficult for a new player to settle in. Um, that goal will help him. It will help his confidence. We've got a lot of responsibility on his shoulders um, at the beginning of the season, given the injuries that we have at the moment with with Morelos and Ruth So hopefully that that goal um, will do him the world of good. In terms of towards the back of the pitch. A couple of thoughts um, around the goals. Um, one, I, I don't think you can, you can argue that Harry Kane's world-class. Um, I think he's one of the best number nines in, in world football. Um, for the first goal in particular, people are fairly critical of Conor Goldson not getting closer to him, not being able to block the shot. Personally, I think it's just an absolutely brilliant touch to the side from Kane and then a, a brilliant snapshot finish. That you can't blame the goalie. I don't think you can blame Goldson for it either. So really, really good goal. The second one's a wee bit more concerning for me, and I think was was more of a pattern through the game. There, there seemed to be a little bit of a, a gap between our defenders. The line wasn't so so solid. And actually when you look at the the goal itself, if you if you freeze frame it, um when Harry Kane picks up the ball, Connor Goldson's not in a flat back four, he's he's actually kind of in the midfield area, suitors coming across um, in the middle, and Barris, which is a wee bit of no man's land. So I think, I think um, the goal is a wee bit of a concern. Um, but as I said, pre-season overall, I think it was a good end. I know we played today, but I think that was a good, a good end, a good test, and um, getting us ready for for the real business starting next weekend.
0: David, what about yourself? Is there anything? Uh, from yesterday's game in terms of the performance and I think kind of, I mean it's, it's ironic that Dougie's talking about uh, you know supporters writing off Chorlac and like, I've seen some criticism sort of aimed towards Souter as well and you know you've just given a good example there Andy Gorham you know written off very early on you know had a couple of howlers and you know we all know what happened there he, he, he went on to become a legend so very very early on to be, to be judging players I think
2: Oh undoubtedly undoubtedly yeah. I mean, yes, you've got you're new players, as Diggie rightly said, you um, those new players are adjusting a new tactic. They're adjusting some players are adjusting to a higher level of expectation, just a whole you know, shift in and how they're expected to perform as players. Um couple with the fact you you've got John Suter who's playing the left hand side of the centre of defence, which so I know, he's, he's no use to playing, certainly his time at Pine castle' I don't know so much about um, Tannaday, because that's a while ago, now, but you know, he's got to learn his new role. Um, other players are just coming in. So, you know, you're, you're going to expect some mistakes to be made in pre-season, um, and they're better to be made during these friendly games as opposed to competitive action. So, uh, I, I, I thought, from uh, <laughs> what we, uh, we seen yesterday, um, watching the game, because uh, obviously we're, we're doing a bit of leather um, I, the, the pass in the first half looked to be slick um, looked to be some you know, decent moves we've got some decent you know footballers uh, that can move the ball uh, quite tightly and uh, obviously the, the, the kind of new charges were brought in um, true lag, yeah, they looked to be okay um, I agree be do and safaris, as it's good for these guys to get a goal you know, obviously Tom Lawrence managed to Nobody baton managed to break their score in docks and, and Tuesday night against West Ham. So sure that getting a goal, grabbing a goal is going to be good for the, the confidence, gets that kind of monkey off his back if you know if there is such a thing as a, um, so to speak, off his back early doors and he can concentrate and, and um, put all his energies into getting ready for, for next time. so I, I mean look, this is, you know, I wouldn't really too much in the pre-season pre-season
0: form and obviously um, Spurs are a good side they're good players and as still can rightly say they're a a coach that's been on the block a few times to say the least. Yeah, I I mean, I'm again trying to remember much of the game at all yesterday. Uh, Yeah, it it does seem to me to be a bit early. I mean, it was was good to see, I mean, I think we were arguing for about 10 minutes about how to pronounce Cholak, was it Colak or Cholak or Cholach. Uh, We'll go with Cholak uh, you know what I mean so that maybe gives an indication how much attention they we were actually paying to the game but uh, I was glad he got his goal you know it obviously helps you know especially a striker especially when you consider the, the situation which we'll, we'll come on and talk about uh, around the sort of strikers at the moment you know with Morelos and Roof still still injured so yeah good to see but yeah I have to be honest uh, I feel like a, a bit of a waste of space to talk about the game yesterday because didn't See a huge amount of it, so uh, I, right, Moving on, Dougie. Uh, I mean, we've said there's, there's there's been a lot of discussion. You know, I've noticed some of it today on, on social media. You know, a lot of players, you well, know, some, you know, getting a bit of criticism. Uh, was there anyone who particularly impressed you, especially amongst the new guys? Is there anyone, you know, as I said, Suter was getting a bit of snick that you think, oh, are we a wee bit worried? Or are you are you in the frame of mind that, you know, it's pre-season and these things happen at pre-season? as you know, is the David alluded to there, new players bed and a new system, blah, blah, blah.
1: I'm just looking at the comments because now, Colin, and a few people are talking about the the Suter and the Golden partnerships going to take some time to gel. Suter historically and typically played in a back three or played in the right hand side of the defence as well. Um, so that'll take some time to, to form, but and in, in the reality is, Ben Davies started today, um, in the the Queen's Park game. I think the partnership longer term is going to be Davies and and, and Golden Suter will be challenging them all the way. He's a he's a good player. I don't think we should be writing off Suter so soon. Um, but I think I think the partnership at the at the back is going to take a wee bit of time to develop. We've had a pretty steady defence for a few years now, and I think we're going to have to. Um, adjust to, 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 to new players coming in. The the other the other slight concern is is the goalie. Um, there were some comments after the Spurs game around around our style of play. Um, it seemed to be particularly West Ham, we were definitely playing it out from the back. We tried it again against Spurs and I think whilst against West Ham McLaughlin had a few scary moments with the ball at his feet, we know that's not one of McGregor's strengths. McGregor's Arguably one of the best shot stoppers um, in the league, the best shot stopper in the league, um, probably our second best ever goalie um, at the club. But when you put the ball at his feet, he's a he's a bit of a bomb scare. So there's, there's still a wee bit of a, a question mark around um, around the goalkeeping position for me. But you just touched on it there. It's pre season. We can't we can't judge too much. We'll know we'll know more come come Livingston next weekend as to. Um, whether the team's ready or not, but in terms of who impressed, I think I think because of our lack of attention to the game, it's very difficult to call out <laughs> specific moments. But from what I've seen, um, we've got a real good spine to the team right now, it was it was evident against West Ham as well. I thought James Tavernier was was superb in both both games. He he looks every bit a top player now for us when you when you compare the James Tavernier that we signed. I think Tav now is the type of player that could walk into a Spurs team, to be perfectly honest. The other player that's a key player for us now is Conor Goldson. And we'll come on and talk about the squad and how important it is that we managed to keep Conor Goldson. He had a tough shift up against Harry Kane. And, um, we were watching the telly like, we didn't watch much of it, but everyone that was at the game was talking about how fluent the front three were for Spurs. And for me, that front three is arguably one of the best front threes in, in world football. You know, Harry Kane and Sona in particular could walk into most teams. And I think Conor Goldson dealt with it very well um, at the back as well. And any the other player that, that, that kind of forms part of the spine is Lundstrom. I think Lundstrom, throughout last season, just grew into the Rangers jersey. And I think even even yesterday, he looked very calm, very composed, very assured. And every bit the the, the central midfield player that we need. The, the player that I'd call out is probably the man of the match from what I've seen. Um, and who's impressed me a lot in pre-season, is glenn Kamara. Um, when you look at some of the players that have left the club, this window, um, they seem to be his mates. They, they're, his, they're his circle. And I think a lot of people probably assumed that this was the time to move on Kamara. Long way to go with the transfer window yet. Um, but Glen Kamara's still here. And I tell you what, Glen Kamara's a very, very good footballer. Technically, superb. And I think he showed up very well in pre-season um, West Ham and Spurs very comfortable in possession moves on very well and I think he, he impressed me against Spurs from what I've seen as well so they're the concerns for me and they're the, the highlights
0: David in, te- in terms of so I'll, I'll, I'll focus on Sir at of the moment because you know I've, I've seen some comments I think as, as uh, Dougie's just alluded to there you know, I mean we all had a laugh at the Super League right and say why are Spurs there right? <laughs> I mean because, you know, you Real Madrid, you Barcelona's Barcelona, all the rest of it, and then like Spurs, you like, I know they're a big club, but why, why are they panic the Super League? But I don't think you, you, you can deny just how good a team they are. You know, they are a good team in that front three, and I think we've got to remember that. I, I mean, in terms of Suter, I'm, I'm more looking at his performance against us in the Scottish Cup final. I thought he was excellent that day. I looked at that performance and thought, we well, have find a good player. I'm not going to judge him in a friendly uh, against Harry Kane and Spurs. You know what I mean? I, I think we need to Give the boy time, set and I think we've seen enough from him, at hearts to, to suggest that he could be a good signing for the club. Uh, and and it just seems a bit
2: early to, to be to be him. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, you can't even be judging guys in, in a couple of preseason season that's, that's that's crazy. Um, but having said that, like, we've, been, we've been watching Rangers for long enough to know that you know the, the Rangers support is um, you no. Know, uh, can at times be very quick to judge Uh, and you know it's it's easy it's it's, it's an oft-used phrase that no, he's no Rangers class he's no this. he's not that but I mean you've got to give the boy time to to settle in he's undoubtedly a good footballer Um, he's he's a dogged defender he's he's got attributes you know the manager's not signed him or sanctioned his signing for for no reason um, and you'd like to think that it's, it's for footballing reasons as opposed to financial ones so yeah, I'm not, not going to judge John Suter I, I, I was quite um, I mean, enthused is that the right word? I, I could see why would be interested in signing a program Scottish Premier League defender um, obviously Liam Balligan's moved on uh, so we, we definitely needed cover on that department especially in later. Um, Philip O'Leary's ongoing injury concerns, and and the fact that maybe Nicola Catt is is kind of maybe finding I have to come back to the level he, he, he'd reached before he suffered that bad injury. So no, I mean, I look uh, it, it's early days, Carl. You know as well as I do, it's, it's, you know, you've got to give the guy at least I would say for uh, ten. Half a dozen sorry, a dozen games before you can truly judge them. I and mean, he's got to get he's got a, a bank of fitness up as well, max like sharpness, the whole thing. So no, I'm not gonna get to too much into a few pre-season friendlies. Dougie's rightly said, you're up against um, against three pretty sharp operators up top for Spurs yesterday. I, I stood at the bar yesterday, I was saying that was, was at the Kilosevski was a of danger. Man, I felt anyway. And then you've got Dougie's you saying You've got Harry Kane, one of the top strikers in European football, if not world football, um, and, and so on. And these guys could, could get a game for most top teams in Europe. So uh, it's a hard shift for, for any defender, far less a new guy that's came moved from from, from Castle I Ibrox. and is is learning to play with you know obviously the leader of the back line in Conor Olsen, get to know his has a. Uh, his idiosyncrasies and, and vice versa for Clifford Um The only thing I would say is clear and, and uh, the gap between them. Especially, there was one instance on Tuesday night where uh, Michael Antonio could uh, drive a fleet of buses through the, the back line. So they will obviously get that to work on. No, the, the, the boy's are a decent player, and if he remains injury three, I expect him to go on and become a solid drainage performer. But whether he becomes an even better player, only time will tell.
0: Uh, on writing players off, what's the earliest you've ever written off a player? Eh,
2: hey, whoa, whoa, hmm, oh, put him in a spot, what do you think about? Aye, uh, I, I was Sebo. I was Sebo. His
0: first touch, I was like, oh, fucking, what have we signed here? <laughs> His first touch, it was, it was like a 30-yard thing, it just hit him and bounced like 30 yards off him. Well, I'm, sit, you know, I'm sitting in the Copeland
2: read at the time I turned to the boy and I said, oh, you sound a proper donkey you like mean, <laughs> and I was right The joke <laughs> with I think there was a few um, a few players in the public when era that were uh, aye. great quick to judge aye, I Philip well, he must be up there Aye I wrote him off in the first game uh, so
0: aye there we go anyway right guys I thought it would be good to have a wee look at the squad um, you know there's obviously been a bit of movement and players in players out all that kind of thing So, sort of looking at the the sort of squad at the moment, so, you know, defensively, you know, left-back, we've got uh, Barisic and... and, uh, What's his name? Ylmaz? Bidvan, am I right there, aye? Yeah. That's him? Yeah. Left-centre-back, we've got Holander, Davies, Katic and Simpson. Uh, Right-centre-back, Golson, Suter and Leon King. And at right-back, we've got Tavernier, Devine and Zukowski. The goalkeeping situation is quite interesting. I think you know McGregor's obviously signed an extension for a year. Uh, McCrory might not be there when the window comes. I think I thought you know he's maybe looking to move on uh, for first team football, and and obviously John McLaughlin's there. To be in terms of the keeper, who who will you go with? Because I I, I don't want to be too heavy and and going hard on, on Alan McGregor, but I think it's it's fair to say he didn't have his best season last season. He had. You know some key errors that actually proved quite crucial. You know in terms of dropping points and uh, and not winning the league. As you say, he's a great shot stopper. He's very bad at not coming for crosses though, and I, and I think he's getting worse. I think he's you know he's pretty much rooted to his line now. I think that causes a bit of panic. You know, your have two central defenders when the balls come into the box. You know, a lot of times there was a couple of times that. that, that uh, McLaughlin played last season particularly that same thing against Celtic you know cross balls coming for deep McLaughlin's coming for them and it just takes a sting and the, the panic at the situation but as you know if McGregor was in goals he'd stay rooted to his line and, and Celtic maybe feel they have a chance so you know after all that spiel you know who would you go if that's that's the sort of route of the question and you're going with McGregor or McLaughlin
1: well, to answer it first of all, we, we, we spoke about this um, towards the end of last season on the podcast and I said... I, I thought you were going to say yesterday have... and I was
0: like, I don't even remember that. I said more <laughs> I, I don't remember talking
1: about that yesterday. <laughs> um, I, personally, I thought last year should have been Alan McGregor's final season at Rangers. Um, we all know he's a very, very good shot stopper and he's, he's, count- he's, he's saved us in countless times and he made some great saves yesterday as well. But when he starts making more errors you know, not coming off his line or is, with the ball at his feet and it starts costing you, that's when you need to weigh up and say, is he, is he the right goalkeeper for us? And I actually think McLaughlin is more suited to our style of football. I think he helps the defence by coming off his line. I think he's better with the ball at his feet. Personally, um, I thought McLaughlin would be our number one this season. And I thought that McGregor would be there for an important role in the transition um, supporting his influence in the dressing room um, the coaching side of things I thought he was going to have a, a, a more kind of influential role off the park this season the fact that he started yesterday I know that McLaughlin started against West Ham I just worry that the fact that McGregor started yesterday that that feels to me like the team that Gio has in mind um, going into next weekend against Livingston so I think that Gio is potentially thinking McGregor the man McGregor is you know, I've just said, shortstopper. stopper, capable of big saves, big moments for us, certainly made a lot in the Europa League run, um, but for me, it would be McLaughlin and goals this season.
0: Well, but yourself, David, you know, it's, I, I mean, again, I don't want to, you know, try to be as constructive as possible around McGregor, given his history, given, you know, the service that he's given the club, we'll ignore that wee bit in the middle when he buggered off, right, we'll just, we'll just, you <laughs> over that. Right, eh, uh, I mean, the service that he's given the club, the, the saves, you know, the amount of points that he's, he's won us down the years and trophies and all that kind of a thing. But, you know, as I said earlier on, he, he, he did have a couple of blunders last season. Do you feel, you know, McLaughlin's the, the, the better choice or would, or would you sit with McGregor this season? Uh, it's difficult what you say, Colin. I'm not sitting in the face of a I don't think there's any doubt, you know, on paper, Alan uh, McGregor's a far better goalkeeper
2: than doing walker. But, like I said, he's obviously tailing off uh, in the way down in his career so it's now getting to the stage where they see you know, on the way down past McLaughlin's level so that, that's up for debate I he's pointed out that he's, he's a better uh, player with the ball at his feet and more suited to, to how you know, the modern style of play where balls are going out to the backs uh, and are trying to build play from the back um, I think it's. It <laughs> I think you write off the presence that Alan McGregor's got in your panel. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm genuinely on the fence with this call. I mean, look, John McLaughlin's a good goalkeeper. Alan McGregor's still a good goalkeeper. But his reflex, his, his age, is, is going to come in. It, there was more that signs it last season, as you rightly say, yeah. we, we, we dropped points needlessly and ended up and, and we tallied up the, the points differential between ourselves and our chums. It arguably cost us a lead. So that can't be allowed to continue if, you know, if he's looking um, as though he, his powers are on the way so to speak. Now it's the art of management that, you know, Geo and the staff see him in training every day and they should be able to hopefully preempt when, you know, it, it, it might be susceptible to making a, a bank error. Um, me personally, I'd like to see him go to the market for a goalkeeper. Now you mentioned there that Robert McCrory looking to, to move on or certainly loan to get first-team football. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I wouldn't be surprised if the boy actually left permanently. Yeah. Well that's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, that's open for debate another time perhaps. But um I'd like to see on the market for a goalkeeper and, and a goalkeeper that has the type of height and presence that McLaughlin's got i.e. that is is comfortable coming off his line and will alleviate some of the pressure for the centre half to have the ball clear when the balls come into the box and score his game. And the European game for that matter, but primarily Scotland. Um and obviously a, a modern goalkeeper who has been, you know, Maybe more uh, comfortable with the the kind of in positions that managers would place on so modern day goalkeepers, in it so far as they've got to be good with the ball, better than, than, than keepers in the past with the ball of their feet. I mean, I cast my mind back to, to Ronald Latteris. He was excellent with the ball at his feet. Um, if we could get somebody like that um, with the presence that John McLaughlin's got and a shortstopper with the capabilities, world class shortstop and capability, Alan McGregor, I think. It may be prudent to, to spend a wee bit of money that we've, we've obviously garnered the uh, sales recently and going to the market saying a goalkeeper. But I'll trust, it. I'll trust the manager's judgement. They know far better than I could ever know.
0: In terms of like central midfield guys, uh, you know, looking you know quite top-heavy in that area. You know, you've got Sands, Lundstrom, Kamara, Ryan Jack, Arfield and Davis, who obviously uh, extended in the summer there for another year. Uh, Kelly McCann... Uh, there's other boys there, that, you know he's got the heart condition. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. You know, do you, looking at that, do, do, you know, even even when you when you go one up, you've got you know the sort of number ten. You've got Haji, uh, Tillman, Lowry, Lawrence, and Glenn Middleton still quoted here. So, is it is a time for maybe one of those two to maybe go out and loan or leave the club permanently?
1: I was trying to one of my mates Andy about this earlier on. We, we seem to have a lot of youngsters who haven't really developed and kicked on and they're now over the age of 20 where, for me, if they've not broke through to the first team or they're not able to, to stake a claim for the first team, they shouldn't be here. And, and unfortunately, while Stephen Kelly and Glenn Middleton, for example, were very promising as they were coming through, I, I don't think they're good enough for Rangers and I think, I think the time is right for them to move on. There's a lot of players that we've given new contracts to. Um, in, in the summer, we've, we've mentioned McGregor. We also gave the contracts to Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield, who won't be regular first-team players. They're not going to start every week, but I think they're similar to McGregor, huge influences off the park. Um, we don't need to speak about Stephen Davis' influence. You know, He's Britain's all-time highest-capped international footballer and Scott Arfield for example when you were watching the, the pre-season footage a lot of it was Scott Arfield in the, the training drills um, and you know motivation a um, bit of banter amongst the team I think they're huge off the pitch but it's, it's on the pitch that we really need to, to to have players that make the difference and it's funny you mentioned midfield and the fact that we are heavy in that position we're, we're very heavy at the back um, but I think at the back we could lose a lot of players and not feel it In the squad, you know, I'm thinking guys like Simpson didn't even feature in the squad against Queen's Park today. Katic came off at half-time, came on at half-time today against Queen's Park. Um, Holander's injury problems, challenges whether anyone would take him at this stage because of his injury problems. But in midfield, for me, I I actually wanted us to go and strengthen our midfield this season. And it was a toss-up between one of two positions, if not both. One, I don't think we can rely on Ryan Jack for the for the full season, for ninety minutes every week. I think Ryan Jack's an absolutely tremendous player. I think we're a much better team when Ryan Jack's on the pitch. I think when he's fit, Ryan Jack and John Lund- Lundstrom are you're your, your almost your two setters in in that team, especially if we're going to go to a four two three one, which we seem to have played um, throughout pre season as well as a four three three. I think Jack's brilliant. But in the games where he's not going to be available, when you look at a lot of the other players at central midfield, they all offer very similar. You know, you mentioned Sands, I mentioned Kamara, on. These are guys that are typically fairly defensive-minded. Um, one of the things that we've really strengthened this summer is guys that can put the ball in the net. And I wanted us to go and sign a box-to-box midfielder who could sit beside Lundstrom in the games that Jack's not available to. You know, the games that, that potentially he's not suited to play the formation. Somebody who can go forward, but somebody who can put the ball in the net. So I wanted a number eight. Um, I've just mentioned Sands. Before I talk about the number 10 position, I've just mentioned Sands there. You know, I mentioned Kimara, how, how good he's been in pre-season. I think Sands has been good pre-season as well, actually. Yeah. Um, and my prediction is when you look at last summer and you were looking at the players that you thought could have went for big money, in this window, all eyes would have been on Alex Morelos or, or Kent, even Aribo to a degree. I don't think people would have predicted the rise that Calvin Bassi had through the twelve years, twelve months, or even arguably the, the latter six months of the season. He, he, he just massively improved under our coaching staff. And you look at the team right now, and you think, who could be our next player that could really grab this season and push on the way that that uh, the Calvin Bassey did. And I might surprise a few people by saying this, but I think James Sands has it in him. I think I've seen enough of James, James Sands to know there's a good footballer in there. I just worry about his versatility. It holds a lot of players back. Will he play centre-back? Will he play centre-mid? He is quite defensive-minded. So is Lundstrom, so is Jack, so is Kamara. Is he going to play on a regular basis? So that's my only challenge with Sands. But the other position in midfield that I thought we could have strengthened is the number 10 position, um, I know you mentioned Tillman. We obviously signed Lawrence as well. When we sold Aribo, I thought we had Lawrence in to be pushing Aribo in the team, especially given Hadji's injuries. I thought Lawrence was going to be a squad player, somebody you could bring onto the games that you are needing a wee bit more guile, somebody to direct, somebody could put the ball in it, somebody play that killer pass. When we sold Aribo, I don't think we've, we've, we've necessarily replaced Aribo with like for like quality. And it's difficult to judge particularly Tillman at this stage because he's a young lad, he's not had a lot of game time in the, the friendlies that have been televised. But I think you're looking at Lawrence, you're looking at Tillman to play that role. And there was a lot of rumours on social media around players that we were looking at. Fulgini um, was the one over in France, ended up signing um, for the German team. When you're in for a player like that and he went for something like 6-7 million euros I thought we were going to really strengthen in that position. A name then emerged of Darius Olaru, who who's a Romanian player. And again, you look at these guys' footage. You look at their credentials. They're top top players. Gio's words um, after the Spurs game suggest that Yo Mats is a last signing of 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 the summer transfer window, unless players leave, and. When he says about players leaving, I think I think he's excluding the guys I've mentioned already, like your Simpson, your Catties get you won't you won't miss. I think he's maybe thinking guys like Roof. If we can move someone like Roof on, we'll need to bring another forward in um, because right now we've got a heavy reliance on Jolak and, and needing him to stay fit because of the the injury to the Morelos. But personally, I would have wanted us to sign at least one quality midfield player to start, and I'm a wee bit disappointed with not. And I, I just hope that doesn't come back and bite, bite us in the arse.
0: David, you know, left wing we've got Kent and Sakawa on the right wing. We've got uh, right and the, the new boy Matondo. But want to sort of focus on the, the striker position because of the situation that, that Dougie's mentioned there now. Morelos, you know, out until at least September. Roof, out for a while. Sorry, this uh, thing is kicking in. I'm, I'm slurring my words again. <laughs> uh, Roof is, you know... He, injury prone. Now, I mean, I, I don't think any of us can deny that Ruth's a fantastic player. I mean, his goal-scoring record at Ivors, I, I think I saw something at the start of the other day there. Like, it's like 34 goals in 72 games or something like that. But it's getting him on the pitch. That's the problem. It's getting him on there. Uh, so we are, we're, we're, we're really relying on, on Cholak at the moment, you know, and big game coming up in the Champions League uh, qualifier. Do might maybe actually need to sign another striker? I mean, I know Dougie said there that, uh, you know, Geo said that, that, that no more in unless someone goes. I'm looking at Kamara and thinking that there might still be an opportunity for him to go, especially when you look at the, the the sort of cover we have in that area. But are we a bit thin up top? You know what I mean? It's, it's, are we looking at the, those three strikers and two of them are out? You know, it, it, it arguably costs us the Europa League last season, the injuries in that area of the field. Should we be looking at signing another striker?
2: Yeah, I think if they were long-term injuries, then undoubtedly if, 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 Morelis, if Morelis is uh, predicted to come back in September and uh, Cholak remains injury-free during the, these important qualifying stages, then you could make the case for no. Um, however, I think uh, most of it, despite Kamar you know, recognising that he's a he's a good player, because um He's he's formed during the, the, the season of the 155. He played a very very important part and winning the league with his goals and important goals at like that. Uh, however, he's just unreliable. Uh, he's you know all the the kind of the stories that we heard coming out of, uh, the fans in Yorkshire uh, telling us about who on Friday was and then all the, how prone to, to to missing a lot of games, he was when he was at Ellen Road. That's all came to uh, came to pass. Same way, with you know with the fans at, uh, at Anderlecht they were saying you know, he, was, he was obviously a good player, but we couldn't get him in the patch And, and you know, it's just—it's just, it's just the guy's physical makeup. He's obviously prone to injury, so he's been. I've seen the day that he's, he's been linked to uh, the Sheffield Wednesday. Not be want to move to, to League One, uh, um, you know, permanently or on loan. I doubt. But I think that, you know, if push came to shelves, so if another side was in from, I don't think there'd be too many amongst the Rangers support who would be reading the case for keeping him, given his, his injury records. So, to come, try and answer your question, I, I'd be, like, if money was no object, then obviously i i be in the market for a striker. I mentioned to you guys yesterday, if Antonio Cholak gets injured, um, I'd be seriously concerned, because especially going at these Champions League qualifiers, because then you're looking at the line and somebody's you know, as erratic, uh, shall we to say the least is um fashion Sakala, And even he's been linked to it by moving away for rangers. Uh, and there's been rumours of like that. So uh, I think I think you know, in an ideal world we're looking to, to, to go into the market again for a strike camp, but obviously um, that might be um, based on moving players out, out the door first. And you've, you've mentioned Glenn Kamara, I think. You know. Whisper it here, you know that Ryan Kane. May will be your uh, mark to, to move on. They'd be going to cash in and him, especially, given his contractual situation a year left. So, I'm going to do anything in or out. Unless the manager comes out and categorically states after Real Mass, hopefully, there's penny paper in the coming days and says, that's what I've done, no matter what, or we're in the market for another player and we can then work on that basis. But I think you You'd be forgiven for saying I wish you had been the market for no, no, no too we
0: don't On Online, Kent Diggy, uh, a year on his deal, as as, as David said there. I see one you would you think might still move
1: on? I think it's a big question mark, to be honest, around the two major contracts that that are up for, for you know expiring next summer, both Kent and Morelos. are two key players for us, but they're also two massive assets. Uh, you know, we've just seen the great business that we've been able to do and keep Connor Goldson, I think I think that shouldn't be underrated. I think Connor Goldson was a huge player for us for the years that he's been here. And I think it's brilliant he's been able to sign on for another you know, four years. But the question mark just now over Kent and Morelos, we must have our eyes on them remaining. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here for me. You know, We moved Aribo on very promptly when I think it was known that he wasn't going to sign another another contract. Um, because we had to get money and we have to get money for these guys. We can't allow them to leave for free. Um, we had a conversation last night, Colin, about Ryan Kent. I'm actually a huge Ryan Kent fan. Um, I think Kent's a great player. I think he needs to add a bit more numbers to his game. But one of the the things that I've said time and time again about Ryan Kent is he was our one creative player in and, and, and the team in the, the last couple of seasons and what that allows, particularly domestically, is teams to double up on him. And um, I think when you've got, you know, if you're playing a four-two-three-one and you've got Lawrence in the hole, or you've got Matondo at right wing. I think it makes it very difficult to double up on Ryan Kent. And I actually think that this could be Ryan Kent's best season for us this year if we if we play to his strengths. And I think I think we we can and we will. So the answer to your question is yes. I would play him. Um, I, I, I would definitely play him. I would definitely try and keep him. I think you have a big season for us. The worry when you're talking about the squad is if anything happens to Ryan Kent, it's, it's the guys that step in in that position. You know, I know Lawrence can play in the left, but he's, he's not the paciest. We, I think Geo likes to have somebody with pace at left wing. The alternatives at left wing are not too in, you know, they're not too, too great. Um, Scott Wright's probably primarily in the right, minded, but I heard he was very wasteful again today against Queen's Park. I don't think Scott Wright's a player that we all hoped he would be. And the other option on the left-hand side is to Sakala, who he had great numbers last season. I won't dispute his numbers, but just technically he's just not good enough. And I think one of the things that Ryan Kent has is a football brain. I think he can he can read a game of football well. I think he can link up with players well. I think fashion Sakala is not necessarily football intelligent. So yes, I'd play Kent, but my concerns would be if anything was to happen to, to anyone in that front three, is is, is who else to be bringing behind them if if, if, if uh, the unfortunate thing does happen and, and, and they miss it, um, they miss any games.
0: Hmm. On the Kent thing, uh, David, is that you know I'm, I'm going to bring a, a you know Bassey and a into, into the equation here. So you know, we've benefited from players coming in either in Bosman or you know cross-border fee, very little. You know, we've managed to move on rebo for a good amount, 10 million. I mean, the, the deal on Bassey is just incredible. You know, that's an incredible piece of business when you consider the money that you come in for. Given the money that we've made there and, and also with, with, you know, the boy Patterson, are we maybe in a better position to take a hit like losing 10 on a free next year financially, you know, than we would have been, you know, because we have made such a substantial sort of profit on, on on those three players?
2: I think you could take a hit but I don't think that the business model would allow that. I don't, I don't think that's you know, the board uh, to my mind I don't, I don't think they would willingly want to work towards that model. It's it's, it's sort of hypothetical and I can see where you're coming from suggesting it. Um, the only thing I would, I, would, I would say with regards to Ryan Kent and I, when I said to your whisperer you know, I wasn't, you know, hoping that he moves on, but it could well be that, you know, a lot of who we, you know, who we keep in terms of the asset, the assets, and uh, will probably be largely predicated on whether we make the Champions League groups. And um, if we if we make the Champions League groups, then I can see uh, them weighing in Alfie and Ryan Kent, and possibly, you know, if, if it's a year extension or a two year extension. Then great. If it's if it's even longer, then even better. Um could the, the, those contracts be extended uh, regardless, I mean the Champions League groups if they drop into Europa League? Uh, I quite possibly, I mean it's all hypotheticals. Um I don't want to believe he's a good player. Uh, I think that, <laughs> I agree that what we do get here, but you know, I think that with Berg Matondo being brought in, I think that could alleviate some of the pressure from 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 Ryan uh, to, to make a lot of the you know the chance the running uh, and in terms of chance creation, um, tremendous work rate uh, that's undoubted. I mean his, his numbers have tailed off last season as, as opposed to the, the season before. Um, but no, to, to come to the point, I don't think we really want to be in the situation where we're letting good assets go for free. I mean, it could be a case of like, back in the day when, when David moneyed a, a gentleman's agreement with Brian Louder to let him go for money at the end of the season. It could be a case of that. You know, you've given us, us a good few years of service um, and we'll let you go at the end of your, your contract. And That's a gentleman's agreement. If that's the case, then fine. You know, we'll just need to suck it up as supporters. But I, I've got an inclination and a strong feeling that my great penny's a prisoner and they've, they've managed to build up a, a decent um, head of steam in terms of the monies that they've brought in, especially for Bass, as you rightly say. I mean, for a guy that's, that's played uh, so limited first-team football to, to make realise that profit on him's tremendous business and I don't think that the board are in the mood for, for letting prize assets walk out the door for, for nothing to reasons. On On the Basses deal, did you, did you enjoy their age for the rage for their
0: cousins across the city on social media and on Radio Clyde and all that?
1: strange bunch aren't they oh, I, I just loved I loved the fact that Ajax were at so given that Ajax list themselves on the stock exchange they by law have to quote the, the, the fee that they paid for them. Yeah, and they still disputed the fee <laughs> they're bonkers
0: yeah what's, his, what's, what's the guy what's his name uh, Inside oh, the SPFL like uh, Inside oh. the SPFL yeah, it's like Asian, six million. Well. Yeah, it's, it's like six million, two million add-ons, twelve million total, and then Ajax came out boom. boom, <laughs> twenty-three million or whatever." Uh, it was it was quality. I must have enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I mean, on a serious note, you know, I, I, for, for a, a good few weeks here through the summer, you know, you're hearing a lot of complaints from Rangers supporters. There we're not signing anybody. Uh, there we're not selling players at the right time, the right time, all that kind of thing. You know, you would have to say that Ross Wilson's done some seriously good business with those two deals.
1: I think the two deals are massive for the club. I think they set us up well for this summer and beyond. You know, you just mentioned there about the transfer business was all in the kind of low ball free market range until we sold Arebo and Bassey. That then allowed us to go and, and spend money. I think I think they are massive for us. Um I was watching Sky Sports News when when the the Bassey deal went through, and it showed you a stat around the top five record sales from Rangers, and it speaks volumes that three of the five are within the last six months. You know, David just mentioned our model. I think that's the model that we've strived for for a number of years, and I think Gerard played a massive role in bringing us to this this stage. But I think Geo's the man to take it and execute it to the next level, and. You know, as I said earlier on, we we get amazing money for Basse. It's transformational. It sets a benchmark for me, but it also sets a massive challenge as to who can be next, who can go. Rangers give players such an amazing platform. The Europa League run. We're going to come on and talk about the Champions League football again. Regardless, we should be in Europe next season. We should be in Europe for at least past Christmas. Um it gives players an amazing platform, and it's now up to these players to go and take it. And Ajax as a top move. Let's see who who else can go and earn themselves another top move and a lot more money than what we can pay
0: on the Champions League, David. So uh, we've got the game coming up against Union Saint Gilles. Is that have I pronounced that correctly? I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, we've, we've been so consistent in the Europa League. Over the last sort of four or five seasons, you know, obviously we had the the Malmo incident last season that, that, that was getting to the Champions League group stage. Although I think we could all agree it worked out fairly okay in the end, you know, reaching the final of the Europa League. Uh, and, and part of me feels that that's our kind of level, you know. That's you know, part of me thinks getting into the Champions League it's great financially, but you do kind of fear that you, you could be in the end with a couple of slugs and and all that kind of thing. Whereas the Europa League, as we've proved, you know. It's our level. We can compete and we can get quite far into that competition. But I mean, on this game coming up, I think a lot of people have sort of, "Aye, that sounds like a good sort of draw for us." We should. I think this could be a tricky tie. I think this team could be quite dangerous. You know, they were second in the Belgian league last season. Uh, apparently, the Broads on not it and just sort of caved in towards the end of the season. You know, it's. I don't think it's I I don't think it's a, a stick on that Rangers are going to go through here.
2: No, it's just it's, it's not a gummy. Colin. gone. we just we've learned through bad experience that they just kinda can't afford to take teams lightly in Europe. It's you know um especially this this side from, from Belgium. I mean, they, they, they finished the, the regular Drupal league top and it was only in the, the, the Champions League playoffs that they came on stopping and ended up finishing second. Um so I've, I've looked at their their squad worth on the transfer map there earlier. And I yeah, you look. Know, Comparatively speaking, you know, we're, we're, our squad's worth dwarfs. Our squad is something like four times or over four times they're, they're worth. In, you know, but, you know, you know, you guys know as well as I do, the listeners that are listening in. the games them a in paper. And there'd be some, some tidy operators, go account. So, no, I certainly would not be taking them lightly. I, I think that the, the, the management team are professional enough not to take them lightly either. Um, obviously, you know we've spoke there we about the injury concerns that we've got, uh, and given that you know Antonio you Joe actually new at the club in my bed and we're bringing them in, you know, that these are the types of games where you know, just through a lack of you know um, developed rhythm, where you know, we, we could potentially come on and start. I won't, I won't, hopefully, it goes without saying that I hope that doesn't come eh, to be the turn out to be the case, but. No, we can I all afford to take any side lately, especially at this point in the season. So um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing um, how they fare against the, the Belgian uh, side. And uh, uh, let's hope that we can, we can progress to the next round and, and see where you know, the, the, the side, if it evolves quite quickly, and gels quite quickly up to quite a, a reasonable level. And then see if we could do, if we can manage to get into the groups what level were I? I mean, you're saying there that we the found our level. Aye, I can tend to agree with you in a general sense that be on a B-Ropa League where spending power could tend to be where benchmark but you never know. Um, there's, there's sides um, where the shortfall is made up with you know, a bit of tactical nous, a bit of player development as, as Geo has, has undoubtedly shown with Calvin Bass. I mean, uh, Bassett under under Gerard looked to be a bit part player. You know, after COVID gate, you know, tons of fans waiting him out the door. Uh, yeah, yeah. comes in, uh, makes him look as if he's equally adept at the, the back position as a centre half position. To such an extent, but a lot is going forward. So Calvin Bass is a, is a cornerstone in the in central defence. So that gives me. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the coaching staff develop players. to be seeing the the next guy that we can possibly move on for big money. I mean, they've, they've got they've got a, a great opportunity to put themselves in a, um, the highest club shop window in world football uh, by getting into the Champions League. So I for leave a but you know, I stress don't take any side lightly. Take them with the with due respect. For, uh, they require and hopefully we raise our game and we can,
0: we can show a view are all about. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the final word to yourself. I mean, we've, we've spoken about the finances there, you know, with, with the deals for Bassey and for Arrivo and obviously Nathan Parson uh, in January there. You know, so it does feel like the, the financial side of things have, you know, the, the, the model has kicked in, we've, we've, we've made a huge amount of profit. Does that Take some of the importance of qualifying for the Champions League. You know the financial aspect. Does that lessen it a wee bit? It felt like a big blow last season, but this season it feels like you know. When you, you consider the run, you know, I was I was reading something in the Athletic that basically said that the, the run that Rangers had to the EuroLeague final basically equated to qualifying for the ch- for, for the group stages. You know, in terms of the, the revenue that came in. You know, so we we, we essentially did recoup most of that money last season by not not qualifying for the Champions League. We've already made substantial profits this season in, in terms of, you know, the especially the, the deal for Bassi. You know, Bassi's away, Eagles away, best part of 30 million, approaching sort of forty, fifty when when we put Patterson into the occasion. Is the the sort of urgency financially, is that lessened a little bit now or do you still feel we need to, we need to get in there?
1: No, the urgency urgency's lessened. Um, I was on after Malmo last season, and I was doing <laughs> doing my in because I just I just felt that Champions League football was massive for us last season. I felt like it would have given us the opportunity to build from a position of strength last season, and when we didn't qualify, we then didn't have any any money to go and strengthen the team further. Um, but the models properly kicked in since then. We've had three major sales. Um, since then as you mentioned Patterson, Aribo and, and, and Bassey so the, the financial urgency is just just not as um, it, it, it's not needed as much as what it was 12 months ago um, obviously missing out in the Champions League football last season was massively offset by our run in the Europa League but we can't assume that's going to happen again um, this season if we do get knocked out and I was looking at the, 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 the financials if we do get through to the, the Champions League and they're massive for reaching the group stages, it's fifteen point six million euros. For a win, it's two point eight million euros. For a draw, it's nine hundred thousand euros. So that's that, that. You know, that's that's massive. It's massive for us. So it'd be great if we did qualify. Um, it would set us up financially again for, for for further strengthening of the squad. And unfortunately for us, what what we are seeing from Celtic winning the league last season and gaining automatic entry is that they've been able to go out and drop serious cash on players without needing to sell. So their model's been different. I think that's what we can hope to see if we qualify for the Champions League, that we don't have that same reliance in selling players to to use the money um, generated to to strengthen further.
0: Am am I right in thinking, though, before we wrap up, if we do qualify for the Champions League, the money that Celtic are getting is then halved, because the, 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 the pot is for the country, it's not for club.
1: It's definitely less. I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you if it's if it's half or not but on, on the qualification obviously um, Dave has just touched on um, what we know about the, the Belgian team and I know we're about to run out of time but um, don't forget there is another round to go through after yeah, yeah. after this so if we do beat them there is another round we don't enter the group stages at that point and the teams that we can face in the next round get tougher um, I think it's between the winners of Monaco and PSV or the winners of Sturm Graz. Um, so I think Sturm Graz are playing the winners of Fenerbahce and Dynamo Kiev, so it's going to be one of those teams. And you just need to look at PSV and Monaco and their recruitment this summer. You know, PSV recruited Xavi Simons from from uh, paris Germain that, that we obviously were rumoured for over six months to be interested in him. But Monaco have went and dropped serious cash on on a couple of new additions. They've signed uh, Minamino for £13.5 million from Liverpool and Briel and Bolo, um for 11.25 from and Gladbach. So the level of competition just does get that wee bit harder if we do yeah. beat um, the Belgian team. And there's no guarantee we'll get there. What, what I would say is my final word is last season, when we didn't get there against Malmo, I was, I was raging. Um, I thought it was a massive blow. If we don't get there now, you just touched on it there, Colin. Um, I think the Europa League's our level. I think if we qualify for the Champions League group stages, we'd arguably be the weapon boys. If we get through to the Europa League, I was heartbroken after Seville. I, I said to my dad, I think this is possibly the only time I'll see Rangers in a, a European final for the rest of my life. See, so as things have settled and time has moved on, why can we not do it again? And if we, we do bring in Neil Mattson, you look at the team that we've got right now, we might not have necessarily improved the starting eleven, but I think we've definitely improved the squad and I think it was a squad that let us down in the Europa League final. When you think about the Morelos injury, I, I just look at that with so much regret. If Morelos wasn't injured and wasn't missing that game, I think it would be completely different and I think we've we've strengthened that real weakness. We've brought in more players that put the ball in the net in the final third. So we can dare to dream even if we do get put out of the Champions League. I don't think it's as doom and gloom as, as what it was last season.
0: Yeah, and not as doom and gloom as last season as, as we will leave it. So, uh, a big thanks to uh, David and Dougie for their the, the contributions tonight. Great stuff, as always. Uh, we were live tonight, guys, but the, the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places. Uh, we'll have our preview show out next Friday looking at the first game of the season against Livingston, and obviously we'll have the uh, uh, the Sunday show next week so and in the meantime get yourself on to the JersNet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk thanks for listening tonight guys it's it's good to be back after the break I'm saying that I was gutted tonight I've, I've quite enjoyed getting my Sunday nights back to myself but there we go back on it now uh, so hope, hope you've enjoyed it as I said we'll be here for the rest of the season uh, so until the next time bye for now